Welcome to Genius Leadership, Overcoming Everything podcast. Join me every week for insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their roller coaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. I'm your host, Anna Liebel. Let's take this ride together. Welcome back, Genius Leader. Today, I'm talking to Cecilia Bergestotter. She is the Director of Innovation and Marketing at Hagar, which is the leading retail company in the Icelandic food specialty and fuel markets. And this is a quite a new role for her. And before that, she's been at Icelandic Post, occupying the role of Executive Director for Service and Marketing. And before that, she's been the Director of Digital Media and Marketing at Advania, which is this IT uh, consultancy. And in all these roles, Cecilia has been driving many digital transformation projects. That is why I invited her to talk about the human challenges of digital transformations. This is the recording of the webinar, the live event I'm doing every first Tuesday of the month. So again, you might hear the difference a bit in how the conversation is going. And at some point, we are joined by some of our listeners to, uh, who are asking questions. So we hear a bit more than two voices, which is the usual format of this show. And I want to emphasize a couple of things that Cecilia has been talking about in this session. First of all, she's talking about the importance of accepting the change because digital transformation is not anymore an initiative and a choice of a company. Instead, no matter what business you are in, no matter what kind of um, industry you're acting in and so on, you will have to transform. You will have to go into more digitalized way of operating, of serving your customers and so on. So the first thing that is necessary to succeed with this kind of transformations is accepting that they are inevitable. Secondly, it's always important as a leader to communicate and over-communicate. Cecilia is talking about that, how in their recent digital transformation of Icelandic Post, which happened to be in the peak of the pandemic as well, ironically, how they have been communicating a lot and using every single channel that they could internally and externally to make sure that every employee of the company is on board with what is going on, what they're doing and why. And it was very interesting to hear that she's actually, that they have been using as the leadership team, um, Icelandic media. They've been a lot on the news just to make sure that everyone is aware of what's going on. And to how, how it sounded to me, that the idea for that was actually to ensure that employees know about it. And the going to the media, to the national media, was one of more ways to ensure that everyone is on board within the company. You'll also hear how she's talking about staying passionate and resident the purpose and the vision all the time as a leader and as a team. And the importance of revisiting the vision, not only in the beginning of the project or at the milestones that are more important, but every day. And we're discussing how to do it on a daily basis. So you'll hear some practical tips about that as well. And lastly, we are going into quite a raw discussion about why Cecilia left Icelandic Post very recently and went to Hagar. And I put her a bit in the spotlight there, which might have been uncomfortable for her, but I thought it was a very important conversation for us to take because to me, her move was about being a truly genuine leader who is doing her best to not be in the way for her people. 
And that is a really true leadership to me. When you've done a lot of work to get the transformation going, and now you've seen the results of it as an organization, and there is momentum there, but you feel like you've done your work. And if you continue being here, you will be in the way. There are already different needs of the organization and you can't fulfill them in the best way. So this was a very interesting, open conversation. And I'm very grateful that Cecilia opened up to, to have it. Because I think there's also one of those ways of talking about the genius leadership. It's knowing when to lean in, but also when to step back and get out of the way for the team that you have created and the spirit that they have. So I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think about it, as usual. Without further ado, I would love to welcome you, Cecilia. You have been invited because I really like your approach to digital transformations. And from our conversation with you, I got the the feeling that we are on the same wave and the same understanding of how to succeed with those. And I think a lot of leaders who are listening or watching us having the, the challenges with the digital transformations because it's part of the nowadays operations and part of nowadays strategies. And everyone has to go through that in one way or another, uh, in depending on of the industry that we are acting in. And you also have the knowledge from different industries, so you can drop the knowledge pieces from that experience of yours. But I thought a lot of those digital transformations are failing and it would be so useful to talk through your observations from the experience and also your education, because you have some uh, theoretical knowledge in, in that area. What can help leaders set the organization up for success with the transformations? What have you learned? What kind of mistakes you're seeing? And yeah, just just show it, like helping people to take the shortcuts in a good way, not in a ways that will set them up for failure, but further on. But really those shortcuts that can help us avoid some pains and mistakes that can be avoidable. Yeah. And that was the short question, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is the whole agenda for for today, for the hour that we're having. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say, I have to start with one thing. I think, I mean, my opinion is that it's impossible to be in business these days without considering the digital challenges, actually. If you are striving to be in business without doing digital, it's going to be a very big challenge, I would assume. So I think it's safe to say that that there's no organization that can actually say that they're not doing digital or going on a digital journey. Having said that, I would assume that everyone is actually dealing with some kind of digital transformation but the scale is depending a bit on the organization. So I think that's the reality of most of organizations today. So therefore, it's not like something that we as a leader can choose whether we acknowledge and, and learn more about or ignore. We have to get comfortable with this and we have to get comfortable with the speed of change. So I think that's one step, acknowledging it and saying, okay, this the way we do business today and tomorrow. So that helps a lot because in the past or in, 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 the, in the last couple of years, the tech companies has been driving this, uh, the conversation about digital transformation and they have been driving it from the force of selling more technology. So, but 
I think it was McKinsey who did a massive research on on how many of digital efforts actually succeed. And I think the conclusion, if I remember correctly, but I'm quite sure, uh, one third of any digital effort within organizations fail. Their finding were, were that it was mostly due to the fact that it's a change process. That's the key word here. It's a change process. You're changing something. And when you're changing something, you're dealing with people. You're changing behavior, either of your customer or your employees or maybe both. And, and you, you're dealing with people. Then it becomes tricky. Then it becomes really, really tricky because it's not just about the technology and the capabilities of the technology. It's about the other more complex factors. Actually, the culture and the and the the, the way we actually interact and and how people actually are wired towards the change. So that has been my passion, at least in the last uh, couple of years, to inspire people to deal with this side of the change, the the culture side and the people, and doing so also through the through the leadership style of how you approach that in the in the in the change process. Are you following me? I am. Genius leaders joining us live, just let us know in the comments whether you are following. And this is the exactly the reason why I invited you uh, to have this conversation because this is the mindset and awareness shifts that we need to happen in businesses so that people can actually succeed. People and organizations can actually succeed with the transformations. But what do you think, Cecilia, why is this misconception so present? So omnipresent, if we can say. Yeah, but I think it's also because of what forces have been leading the the conversation or, or, or the education on digital transformation. And it has been the tech the big tech companies. And also because I worked for the biggest tech company in Iceland a couple of years back. So I know that they have been creating the urge for the change. So it's coming from the, the tech side. But after more and more com- organizations start to deal with the, the, the journeys and, and then they realize, okay, it's more complex than actually just the tech solution. You can have a fantastic tech solution but, but if you're not sure what you're going to solve with it and how you're going to utilize it, it will most likely fail. And I think one, having said that beginning in, in, at the beginning and that it's actually a change process and talk a lot about the change and, and get to, uh, um, I mean, lift that word within your organization. Everything is changing, not just on the outside and we don't need to do anything about it. Just get comfortable with the change. And I find that very challenging task. Me as a leader, I have been working with that in the past years. Like, I mean, you hear sentences like inside your organizations all the time, like, oh, everything is changing so fast and we have gone through so much and we have always done it like that and it's worked fine and so on and so on. Helping people to get more comfortable uh, with Everything is going to change and it's going to be okay because we are actually going to get good at changing as well. So it's going to be okay. I think that's a key word. And if you, if that becomes your mantra, you get more comfortable with like being uncertain about what you need to do and how to solve things and being a little bit like testing out. And so 
So, so I think that's that's very important to embrace the word change. Everything is changing on the outside, but actually we are going to get good at it as well. So let, let's get going. But, May I interrupt you here? Because I yeah. really want to get into the details here. How on the daily basis do you do it as the leadership team of the organization? How do you embrace change? How do you make it part of the culture to actually like it or first of all, accept it? And secondly, really become passionate as the whole organization and the whole culture that, hey guys, this is, if we get good at this, at making changes, we're going to be good at everything. So how do you bring that into the organization? Uh, that's a fantastic question. I think you do it by doing, like like with every good, if you, if you want to change something, you need to do it like so many times that when you are born, bored of doing it, keep doing it because then you're, then you're almost there. And I think it's also, if I reflect on, like, to give you a practical example, like I was, I was working in the uh, past one and a half year in the transformation of Icelandic Post. I think in almost maybe every meeting, we talked about the customer needs and the change in the customer needs and how we were going to transform to meet the customer's need and that we were actually going to get better and better at it to listen to the customer and changing and, and like, and that's how I think we were we were doing the the dripping to the stone. Actually, talk a lot about the customer changing, but it's okay. We're also trying to change as well, and then also to uh, to remember to pause and embrace when we have tried something out and actually done some changes in our routine. And and uh, we we did we did a lot of that in the how do you pause? Just to pause and say, hey, let's celebrate. We did that, and and let's just have a cake and have a have a wrap up meeting and and uh, talk about what was challenging. We talked a lot about what was challenging and what was uh, rewarding, and a lot about maybe a little bit about feelings as well, something sentimental. But we we did that a lot actually, especially in COVID when we when we needed to change a lot very fast, and we were having more demand than we actually thought we could handle but somehow we got through it and then we talked a lot about the emotions involved in changing so fast it was challenging it was causing anxiety it was causing like just human a lot of human feelings and we talked about it and it helped a lot getting more comfortable with like okay we are getting quite good at this change thing did you have the prerequisites in the culture at the company like at, at the Icelandic post for example to be open to those emotional conversations about feeling and, and how do you actually get to that level? Because it also requires quite a lot of work. It starts with the leaders. I remember the first the first at home meetings we were having. I always, with my team, I always started the meeting with like asking how you guys feeling? How are you feeling with being at home? How are you feeling with, how's your family feeling? And I got some feedback but. I could feel I was not getting the real, real feedback. Like I was not getting, it's very challenging. I'm super tired and I almost want to lock in my kid. And so, so, but then I opened up about my, and I thought it was very challenging. I missed them and I missed the creativity uh, in the group work and so on and so on. And they started to open up as well then. And then we created the base level of, okay, we the trust level we don't need to have it all figured out we can just go through this process together and actually actually i have to say i was super proud of them we got quite 
good at like being comfortable within a super stressful situation because we were not only like dealing with a, a lot of demand a lot of demand but very hard restrictions as well so it was uh, super stressful and a lot of hate from from outside because people wanted the uh, the regular service level i hope that gives you some some example but i think it's very important to talk about it and not talk about it as something to fear do, do you get me not talk about something oh the world is changing everything is changing so fast and we just need to try to keep up and actually talk about it as something okay it's just it's just like a muscle if you continuously work out on this muscle we actually get quite strong and and, and quite good at adjusting to change and change as well Okay. And before we go further, because I'm pretty sure there, there is more to discuss, I uh, again going even deeper with the like practical tips to those leaders who are watching us or listening to us, uh, who think, yeah, I get it. I need to be the vulnerable person. I need to speak about my feelings, but I'm paralyzed whenever I try to do it, or I have no clue how to. What would you say how to take this first step? I think it's also the, you. You need to be comfortable with what kind of leader you want to be. I mean, th there are many ways to establish the trust level. So if, if you're not comfortable talking about like your feelings or creating that kind of environment, I think you should not go there, actually. But there, there are many ways to acknowledge the change and encouraging the team to be good at dealing with the change than to actually go to the to the feeling level. But that, that that's something... I find useful for me. It's authentic for me and uh, it works for me and my team. So that's what I can recommend. But I think you have to be, you have to be authentic because otherwise you're just, you're just faking it and, and your team will see through it. <laughs> so that be, is so true. Yeah. But you can, you can encourage others to uh, share their feelings and, and if that helps, but just remember to, uh, be careful with that because if people start doing that you need to be very discreet and respect it that's great and actually that transitions really well to what you otherwise talk a lot in the context of the digital transformation and that is leadership styles and leadership skills would you like to maybe tell us what i ask every guest of mine what is leadership to you and who is a leader and also how can you find your style and how can you develop your skills so it's four questions in one <laughs> Yeah, my opinion is that leaders have never been as important in organizations as today, because our role is, if I can say our role, okay, we assume we're all leaders, let, let's say that, is actually to uh, set the vision, to create the drive, to make the purpose, and to set the vision of where we're going, and not to decide maybe in details how to get there. And I saw a great picture of difference between a leader and management. You've probably seen this many times. It's a, it's a, the management is a detailed decider, but the leader is a, is is the visionary where we're going, and helping people to get there. And I relate to that. I think that's extremely important, and especially with the digital challenges. And I can see I've seen a huge, huge change. In the digital assignments I've, been, I've worked on for years, when we set a clear vision of where we're going, what problem we are solving, and why we're solving this problem in this particular order, 
and for whom we are solving it. Is it for the client? Is it for the to get faster and better within our organization? Is it for the employee? For for whom are we solving the problem, and why? That aligns the digital and the technical uh, assignments like on an another level. So that that's like it's extremely important to start with actually analyzing and being able to communicate and explain what problem are you solving and for whom and where you're going with it and why. So if you're able, if you're not able to do that on a one slide or two slide or three slide or fifty slide, I, I I don't mind. Then you have a problem. Then you then you're just implementing that technology and it's probably never going to work because. The people are not understanding it. You're probably not solving a problem for your for your client, and the things that need to align around it, they're probably not going to. So, having set the vision and having, I mean, explained very well for the group that is working on on, on this particular assignment, what they're solving. I mean, if you do it in if you do it in the beginning, you need to do it over and over and over again. That's very important. So you need to revisit this vision slide or the purpose slide over and over and over again. Because as you start, I hope you relate to this, but as you as you start your assignment, you get ideas and, and things involved and you maybe also want to do that and that and that. And maybe then you're moving away from your from your purpose and what you what you're actually solving. Maybe it's a good idea, but it's like maybe you're going into wrong direction. So Revisiting the purpose and the vision, and and so that that that's the leadership role, I would say, within the within the transformation and encouraging people, because I worked in in the startup business for years, and and I know the hey the mountains and the valley very well, too well maybe, and that's the the, the digital journey is the same. It, it goes you you extremely high and and I mean you you're on the top of the mountain you're conquering the world and then you're like it's not turning out the way you want it to and then you need to go off the mountain again and then it's like because it's a journey so so that's that's important but to set the vision and create the passion with the vision I had one of the guests on my podcast Genius Leadership Podcast it was Yalma Gislason you might know him the founder of Grid and he was talking about how they keep their focus so to say on their vision that they have five values and they are on the wall seen to everyone in the office and every decision and every direction they are going through and they're discussing they ask themselves is it fulfilling one two three four five those five values are we proud of what we're doing and so on and so forth so that is what you're talking about, revisiting the vision. And that that is so important to ask those questions that you mentioned. Why are we doing it for whom? Because those are things that we can easily forget in the beginning when we are so excited to start. Sometimes we're like, oh, this is a problem. And that reminded me a comic uh, cartoon or cartoon that I've seen on, on the coffee machine on, uh, in one of the workplaces I've been to. They, they were saying the first picture was, we have, or our teams have to handle 15 different systems to get the product to the market. And then the management team was on the second picture, like, oh no, we need to fix that. And then six months later, we have, or our teams have 16 systems to use to get the product on the market. So instead of creating one solution, technical solution that can actually get all those pieces together 
we're creating one more to handle and just keeps growing and growing. And that's, I think, coming back to what you're saying. Why are we solving this problem? What is this problem and for whom? <laughs> Revisiting those things on a constant basis, not only in the beginning of the project and then towards the end, or at the biggest milestones throughout the project, but really on a daily basis. Just make those check-ins on a habit in the meetings that you're having with the team. That can really be a game changer. Yeah. One of the first things I did in the Icelandic Post, I'm a big believer in customer journey mapping. Also, especially when you're new to to some process or, or, or journey. So actually what I did in the in the first two weeks in the Icelandic Post I went through every every customer or service channel as a customer. So I went through it as a customer and then I went through it as an employee. So I delivered 42 packages to the door and, and did every, worked with the technology and did everything. And then I worked in the post office for a day and then I came back because I had more questions, I worked in the post office. Of course, you get a little bit when you're on, on executive director, you get a little bit of ex- exclusive treatment. But still, I wanted to understand the process for the customer and, and uh, f- for the delivery part. And then we did a, a, a customer journey mapping of that. And then you can actually vividly just see the pain points of the customer. And w- when we start to talk about it in the in the meetings, solving the problems, or we want to focus on this part and solve that part, and then we need to do what? We actually, after a couple of months, we had a different idea of the problem. We said like, oh, it's not that big of a problem. And then we revisit the journey. Okay, do we really want to ask our customers to go through this particular journey? I mean, we need to change it. Oh, yeah, okay, that was the purpose of the assignment. Yeah, okay, we're changing that. That's why it's so important to analyze what I what is the problem and how you... You, you don't need to actually to answer how you're going to solve it because that you figure out. But analyze the problem and make sure that after a certain time you have a different journey for the customer, like in that case. So make sure you know what you're you're aiming to solve. And I often use, um, it's similar that if, if you're building a house, you would never build a house without having the house mapped out or at least a, a Pinterest picture of the house. I want the house like that. I mean, you would never just start and see where we go and start with some kind of a, wall there and wall there like we're used to with the tech companies selling us great solutions and we don't know how to how to utilize them and make, make the most of it so be able to know be sure that you that you know what what problem you're solving and what you want to create that's the biggest challenge this was a great tip i think the practical thing how you can actually make sure that you're clear on what is this digital transformation for why are we embracing on this journey? Really put yourself in the shoes of different stakeholders like you did in the beginning of your uh, job with the post that just really gives you the perspective. And then also bringing that back to the team and showing, hey, this is what we're facing. This is what our customers are having pains with. And this is what our employees in the post offices struggle with on a daily basis. Then it's different mindset that you can create in the team and as you said you just really remind that this is the pain point we're solving at the moment will this solution help us yes no 
And then just really keep getting this buy-in of the team that way. But have you had any resistance in whichever team would, would you worked with, not necessarily the post, when coming with this customer journey and showing the pain points? And did you have any situations when part of the team or the whole team would say, we still don't buy it uh, or we don't have the resources for that or whatever? So that kind of resistance to going on the whole journey. I would not say yes and no, but people are maybe maybe thinks that they know about the problems that the customers are facing. They know about it, but actually they 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 don't have the solution to it yet. But if you give them the encouragement, that we're just going to focus here and we're going to find a solution to this and and we're going to do it together and, and it's going to be okay. We don't need to have all the answers now. We're just going to go on that journey. Then they get more comfortable with opening up to it. But I think it's extremely important for every leader to go to to the floor, so to say, in every situation, to see how it's actually working, to understand the pain that you're solving or or or, or you want your team to solve better, to actually understand the customer or the processes. And, and you don't need to go into every single detail, but you actually need to see the problem. It's ridiculous. It's like being a surgeon and you never see the cancer. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's building something in a in a glass house. But I I think I think that's very important. But no, I think they have never experienced a full on resistance to the idea. But maybe like if I can explain it more, like I was exhausted. We have seen this problem for so long and we know about it, but we're actually just like, what to do? What did you do in the kind of conversations? Just trying to assure them we're not going to solve everything at once. We're going to focus on this. And where do you think we need to start and get the buy-in by doing that? And this, we, we are going on this journey. We're changing this and this, but we do it by doing one thing at a time. And we're going to do it together. And it's going to be a change process. And we're going to get better and better and better at it as a team. So don't worry. We're going to go there. Instead of like... because. Usually, the human human side of of people will start to explain why things are the way they are. You can probably all relate to that. People like, oh, it's because of that and that and that, and that's that's quite normal. It's like that for a reason. And but sometimes you need just to pause and say, okay, but do we want to continue having it like that? If not, we need to change, and we need to change it, and and we're going to do it together. I think those are two great tips just to summarize the the answer for all the participants. First of all, focus on the bite sizes. Really don't try to tackle the whole issue and focus on like one step at a time while keeping the vision clear of what is this step getting us closer to. And you as a leader, it's your responsibility to connect those dots. You know, it's like jumping in the fog on the on the stones like you are in the swamp and there are some stones and you need to jump between them. And the thing is that you need to keep going to then, it's always easier to connect the dots looking backwards. Like, oh yeah, that's the way I've I've done it. That's the way I've, I've come. But you need to have the faith and you as a leader need to have this vision and, and be this inspiration for people to actually take the step to the next stone. And, and it's, believe that, okay, you have their hand, you will pull them, or you will kind of support them if they start falling off that stone, so that you actually are there. And that's the second part of your answer. You 
how I would like to summarize it, that you first of all need to focus on, let's take a tiny step. Let's take it as a maybe some kind of experiment. We don't have to come, like we don't have to have the solution now and we're not necessarily going to succeed with it, but we'll learn on the way. And then just be present for your people on the way really show that we are doing it together. It's not like I delegated it to you. Here is my vision. Here you go. Come and report in half a year. You really need to be part of the process on a daily basis. But I think it's also very important to, uh, that's that's a very good summarization, but I think it's also very important to trust. I mean, I dislike the micromanagement style because especially in a complex uh, tasks like the, the digital transformation, tasks because it's it's a journey there are going to be a lot of milestones it's actually just the way we are doing business these days it's just like about digital milestones all the way through you need to trust your teams to come with the best solution you just need to guide them where to go and keep them focused on one one problem at a time and encourage them and help them when they get stuck maybe with some extra oxygen here and there that's the most important part i would say yeah how do you build trust? Just by, like I said, acknowledging that this is not an easy, easy journey. It's, it's everything is changing, but it is okay. It's like I think about it like, how do you trust your family? Mm. How do you feel like? How, how do you trust the, the the comfort zone of your family surrounding? I'm sitting at my home, so I'm watching. <laughs> so you create that trust by like, it's not always easy to be a a family member, but. But you you know that you're going to be there for me when, when it gets tough and you're also going to be there with me when it gets when we get super happy about something. And that's the same with, with the teams and, and leading the teams, I would say. Mm. It's a commitment and it's an ongoing work, right? You never, you're never done with it. It's a, something that you need to keep practicing, keep working on every day. Yeah. And there's something I, I learned in the I something post that like stick with me and I've thought a lot about uh we were oh now oh god and now I don't have the English word for it Mervikni. there are enough I, Icelandic people here in the chat just drop it or oh, on the it's not that like, it's like the word that we we don't accept if, if we dislike something mm-hmm. or we have something to Resistance say or, or there, oh, no and there is a behavior that we that we don't like we talk about it we don't approve behavior that is we don't like or is not accepted for our culture. We talk about it and we um, say, okay, this is not something we... And I've worked a lot, of, lot with that. I was trained actually in the last, last one and a half year to work with that through a, a leadership program. And that helped me a lot dealing with, dealing with difficult uh, change situations because we also went through a very painful change in the us and the post we had to uh, resign a lot of great great people in, in the journey of, of the uh, organization change and uh, it, it helped a lot to be able to talk about the things that we that were difficult and we we needed to address instead of like just silencing and being afraid of talking talking about things Avoiding that conversation. So what was your biggest learning on how to dive into those conversations to get, dive through them, so to say, to get on the other side? Just get through the heart rate. Just get through the, like, discomfort, heart rate when you sit in a room with someone and say, I I need to talk to you about this. This is not 
something we can continue doing and, and like and so yeah just go through it try to stay calm and, and honest and authentic and, and go and go through it what helped you stay calm i was not always calm but i tried <laughs> i'm human i mean just the i think the the great hr team that we had that were and also the program of of we, we got a lot of support from the hr team and this leadership program like uh, also just talking about what was difficult for us and when we we as a leader need to do more of and less of and so on that helped me a lot i think here you're t- tapping into another very important thing that i try to bang into the heads of my clients and my audience as well that you never should stay alone with your struggles and usually as a leader you see yourself like yes i am the captain of the ship and i have the highest responsibility and so on so it's on me it's on my shoulders and so on find someone outside of your organization who can help you or as you said hr within your organization it's their role to support every single person so that we can all thrive so it's really important to remember that you need to be like to have your support circle to have someone to lean onto maybe cry into their shoulder onto their shoulder come with the difficult situations like with my clients for example we sometimes go through the the conversations that they're dreading in their work and we do the play role and i can be that employee with whom they need to take the tough conversation or we can turn the tables and they are that employee so we just play through those situations and then we discuss it okay what was uncomfortable here why did you ask this question here what what, what was your thought what was intention with coming to this conversation in general and so on and just by playing through that scenario you get a totally different way of seeing it and that and you you also get the support and your your brain is not that afraid of the situation anymore because you've already been in it and the brain kind of is stupid enough to forget that okay that was actually just kind of a play with my coach or my leadership consultant that it was not for real that I've done this conversation so that helps and that's what you can do and it can be someone who is in the same role but in different organization as we said it can be some hr person maybe it's a mentor of yours maybe you have some kind of mastermind group or a network professional network it can also be some friend of yours who is in a totally different industry and totally totally different role but you're like this person's perspective can actually help me or just their support can help me absolutely right i uh, i totally agree and i think it's it's very important so also if you think about like i mean leaders they need to drive the vision okay here we are going there and we have a purpose and we are we are aligned come on it's going to be great and they need to have the passion and drive the vision and that's and also they need to create the safety around the, the organization or the team to do what needs to be done to get there so I think it's extremely important also because leaders, they are human. They get tired and they get, I mean, they, they, they need to get inspiration and so on and, and help. I worked with many leaders that actually would have benefit of getting a good, good trust conversation and help. So, so absolutely, you're right. How do you actually keep the passion as the leader you said that nowadays the primary goal of a leader is to be the messenger of that vision right and to keep the passion and to support the whole team on the way there so how you you yourself stay passionate about the vision that you see in front of you i was hoping that this question would not come up 
Sorry. <laughs> it really exposes my uh, craziness in a way. <laughs> I love crazy uh, people on the show. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I try to find the 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 greater purpose of my job, if to say so. Like I need to be for example, with the Icelandic Post, I convinced I was convinced that we were actually changing the, the way Icelander would do internet shopping just by changing the delivery part. So we were not just changing the delivery part; we were changing the affecting the whole retail economy system as a whole. So that drove me up every morning. Like I have a great purpose in life is to. So maybe it sounds a little bit like a little bit crazy, but that's that 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 game inspired me actually, and uh, I tend to do that with everything I do. I tend to find like, okay, if we if we go all the way there, how how are we gonna affect and and change more than actually just uh, just what we are doing in our little bubble? So. That, Why do you that's think what it's I crazy? Do. For me, it just makes total sense. And that's what I work with with my clients and also what my friends come to me because for me, it is about building your legacy. And building your legacy can be about whatever. It can be through your family and bringing up your kids as the humans that you want to see in this world. It can be about your business. It can be about your employment. It can be about your community, volunteer work, and so on. So why do you think it, it's crazy? No, I mean it's it's a more like a personal joke. We joke about it in the and the and the group of friends. Like, wh- why can you not just work with with the Icelandic Post and changing? Why why is that not enough? Because you see all the potential, but it gives me drive and it gives me a purpose and and it drives me and and I think that's very important because if if you, it's very important for the leaders to find a real passion to what you're doing and believing in the in in the journey. I think so. Uh, at least for me, because I, I try to lead with my lead with my heart, so to say. I think most of the leaders nowadays, those successful ones that do that are changing this world, they are uh, driven the same way as you are, Cecilia. So um, you're not alone. No, <laughs> but this is good. Talking again <laughs> about crazy. the practical, no, <laughs> crazy in a good way, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about the practical tips again, how do you? find that passion of yours so like when, for example now just a month ago you changed from the post to Hagar what drove that decision and how did you connect your big vision for the whole future of yours or like the whole life of yours to what you were invited to do at Hagar yeah I just recently took a position in, as a head of innovation and, and management uh, marketing at Hagar Hagar is uh, one of the biggest retailer company in, in Iceland, big in, big in groceries. Basically, the CEO of Icelandic Post, we had, we shared the same same vision and he left the company and we came into the company together with the, with the same vision. So when he left, I, I decided to uh, to leave as well, to be honest. And then I got the offer from, from Hagar and I have the same vision there. I think uh, retail is going through a lot of change. Uh, like I mean all industries basically but retail is uh, going through a lot of change and also in Iceland uh, online retail business is maybe not as mature as in in Europe or in Scandinavia so I think we have a lot of potential there to grow and and develop and innovate and uh, and the company is is actually 
very eager to do so and and I thought the uh, the drive was there and and so I got the offer and I I, I simply joined their team in the beginning of, of January so I'm fairly I'm just getting to know the company and the great people that work there and and getting settled in these days and and but I, I, I'm still allowed to change the world as always <laughs> You decide, right, whether you're allowed or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We see, we see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. May I tap, go a bit deeper into this decision of yours when the CEO of Post left? You have followed him because of his vision. This again shows the importance of the visionary leadership, right? And for you, what what were the feelings or the thoughts? What were the struggles with that? Just like coming with that decision that you you you're still in the middle of the journey. You've done so much in those one and a half years. The post has been transformed enormously, but there is still a way to go, right? This decision for you to take on different journey or take a turn. Yeah, I mean it's a bit of, maybe it's a bit it's a bit personal question, but there comes a, yeah it's it's okay it's fine. But it, there comes a moment like uh, where you just simply have to ask yourself. Because also when you when you drive things like I drive them, it's through passion and through vision and just like through the emotional part of it. So if, if that if that shared vision or maybe like he and I had a very like similar vision, and the company has a very strong vision. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's a very very good uh, management team. They're a good strong company, but then it's probably. Fair to ask yourself, okay, uh, maybe it's better if, if someone else lead this great team and create the passion that the team needs. And maybe it, that was the decision for me. It's it's better for me to step back and have someone else because the team deserves it because they're very, very good people in there. So you felt like you, you've given everything you could for there and... There, there was the needs has changed, so you were not the best fit, basically. Yeah, actually, uh, and they need, they needed to, it was fair to them to give them a, a strong leader that would lead them uh, to the next chapter. Yeah, I, I brought this up. Sorry for going into the personal uh, area of that, but uh, for me, it's very important to tackle those or to cover those questions here as well about the tough parts of the leadership because those are also this decision for you of yours has is showing again that you are committed to your people. You are responsible for for the going and getting to that mission, right? And if you see that, okay, you are getting in the way instead of leading the way, it can be a very tough decision, but it's important to to take those and, and be brave and also show to your team by action that this is how, how we work. This is how we live our mission and get to our vision. Actually, a very, very good phrase of that. I was actually seeing that I would uh, probably or might get in the way if I would continue on that journey. So, so that that it was a very tough decision. It was an extremely tough decision because I we had a great team and we uh, there was a lot of trust and and uh, a lot of success and uh, so it was a very tough decision. But it was a very good phrase you said there and i was i i foresaw that i would get in the way instead of leading the way yeah and that's that's why i want to to bring it those things up because there the ego can come up right like oh now now we're on a roll now all these changes that we've been fighting for all these customer journey conversations that we have been having hours and hours spent on getting the clarity and so on starting to implement now we see the results 
And just stepping back in that fun part of the journey, just because it's not about you. It's about the others, right? Both your employees and the customers that you work for. This is a very brave decision. It was it was difficult, but I, I hope I know it was the right one. It was the right one. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for your honesty and openness. I see a hand raised here by Brynja Maur. If you want to unmute yourself, if you want to ask anything, happy to hear. Yes. Hi, Cecilia. Thanks for a great presentation. Hi, Brynja. I have a question. Do you have any experience doing digital transformation on internal processes? For example, like how the company are communicating with employees, how they are applying for grants and things like that? Because you talked a lot about customers and we can definitely define employees as a customer as well. But I haven't seen many companies focusing on that. They are always focusing on external customers. Uh, That's a great question. I have a lot of experience on that as well couple of projects coming up as well. But I think the process is always the same. Defining your customer, it can be internal customer. It can be changes in the operation to be able to work, solve problems on a better speed and more efficiency. And it can be external customer. So, but I think companies are these days focusing luckily a lot on the internal assignments to because there's a lot of waste going on in companies with the use of technology internally so there's a lot of improvement areas there that can be but i think that i think the journey is very similar to set out the, the the vision why why are we doing it what problem are we solving and for whom in the beginning and then to get the leaders on board to get the leaders uh, to buy in on the vision and to get your digital champions to be like supporting the journey and uh, then going into the assignment part of it or the project part of it to just like break it down into a project. And then we have this picture of or the vision of where, where we want to be in, in a certain time. Would you use like personas and things like that for that as well? Yeah, maybe not personas, but a lot of like uh, journey mapping. Are you talking about HR processes or are you talking about... Uh, yeah, I'm working as an HR manager and I'm, I'm really interested in uh, how we can yeah, do, do our processes more digital or... I have been, I've talked to a couple of HR managers and suggested that they would actually look into the same process of customer journey mapping just for the employee mapping, like the, the, the considering states and the onboarding states and the, like the, the life journey states of the, of the employee, actually, and see how technology is supporting that journey. And then you see a lot of, if you see a lot of dots adding up at the same, uh, at the same touch point, then you have a problem. <laughs> if, there are, if there are a lot of like tech solutions for to uh, take care of communication to, the, uh, to your employee, then you have a problem, then you have a pain. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would say that the, the, the process or, or the framework could be similar. I'm not, not in all cases. There, there's one point I, would, I, I wrote down, like, don't forget communication. Uh, actually, it says here, don't forget communication. Communication in the change assignments is extremely important. Communicate and communicate and communicate. And... I mean, when you think you have communicated your vision of where you're going and how it's going, and you need to continue, then you're not communicating enough. 
And I think it, th- that we did quite well in the Icelandic Post, I would say, for my part. We, we communicated a lot. The transparency was was quite good, and we we were always telling why, why, why do we need to do that, and how is it going, and where we're going to start, and so on. Can I ask what channel you you used? Because it's a quite a big company and and different yeah people with a different background and probably most of them not uh, sitting with a computer every day. Or? We we used all of them. <laughs> we just literally we used all of them. We used like the the work uh, workspace. What is it called the Facebook Facebook yeah, workplace. Workplace, workplace? Yeah. And we we used video recording. We used uh, online meetings where we're talking about the processes of the assignments and talking about the pains and uh, obstacles we were seeing and what we learned on the journey and so on. But just internal talk, sharing the pain and sharing the challenges. We used uh, emails. We used like all the medias we could, and also the external medias as well. We used like I was I was having lectures about just sharing the the journey what we were facing and what we were doing, and Birgitte, the CEO was doing a lot of interviews talking about where we wanted to go and so on and so on. So both internal and external, we used just like talk and talk and talk and talk and talk some more. Thank you. Thanks for the question, Virginia. Do you see that as one of the challenges for? leaders to have enough time and maybe resource to communicate enough or do, what do you think is the issue there why why would leaders not communicate enough i think i think we are coming a little bit from the old media habits like because my background is also marketing so when you were doing marketing in, in like 10 years back you produce a marketing material and then you were good for six months like covering the marketing and sending it out. But these days, I mean, marketing material dies within a couple of hours even, or at least a couple of days. So you need constantly to be uh, uh, creating content. And to be able to do so, you need to create agile content, uh, so to say. I mean, fast-moving content. And and then you become more raw, like just facing the camera and saying, okay, like our CEO, he just sent a message and like, taking a walk in COVID and like sending, okay, I'm happy, just talking to the camera because it's an internal message. It doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be polarized and and, uh, it's not an advertisement. And when we got to the habit of doing so, and we built a studio, so we were able to uh, cut and and, uh, produce the material ourselves in more speed than ever before. And that helped a lot as well. Uh, to get the internal capabilities to record and 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 so on, so that helped a lot. And don't over just don't overthink it. Just share it. Mm, that's as important to to remind yourself all all the time about. I just to, today had a conversation with my accountability coach from the mentorship program where I'm going. How about how to simplify things and how I sometimes overcomplicate stuff. And that stops from implementing, right? Or trying, experimenting. So yeah, it's it's good to good reminder to keep it simple. And it's also we are trying to train the uh, our, uh, the people in the organization to move faster and deal more faster with change. And then we cannot allow ourselves to sit back and just like take forever to create one video content. And be, come on, you need to walk the talk. You need to look, be, be fast and and 
sometimes it's not perfect, but at least you get it out there in time and, and, and because you need to you need to drip the stone. Mm. Imperfect action. <laughs> That's the important part. Says so, so three last questions I always ask. First one is three pieces of advice for you of yours to our uh, genius leaders listening or watching. What it, it can be both both personal and professional. What would you recommend them? I would recommend them to uh, know where they're going or take their time to like get a vivid picture of where, where do we want to go and not like yeah get get that and and just like how 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 would I feel when we get there to get the passion going and then to then I would recommend to them to listen and listen to the to the problem that they want to solve. And that's by listening, they're mapping out the journey. Because if you listen, you hear the pain and then you map out your journey and where you need to go. And then I would uh, advise them to focus on the culture and the people, to understand the culture and the people of the company. Because if if you understand the company and the people and how, how they actually are, who are your ch- change champions and who are your submarines that go under and sabotage everything and who are we afraid of change or are we like how 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 does your organization work then you understand uh, better how fast how fast you can move because a very wise man told me one and a half year ago i mean you can never move faster than your team so that that stick with me because i i'm i'm a quite high paced person so, and if you understand your the culture of a company and 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 uh, the, the DNA of your company, so to say, then you then you know more what you what you need more of and what you need less of in order to change. That's great tip, and I, I really like the reminder that you can't move faster than your team because then then you're not a team anymore and you're not a leader. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Then you're just doing your race on your own somewhere. <laughs> One. Practical piece of advice. What can our genius leaders tuning in do today to become better for uh, with the digital transformation or just be better leaders or better human beings? I would probably say like accept the change. Accept it. Like sit in it. Accept it. If you're into spiritual things, just sit in it. Like and uh, just meditate in it and say, like, I'm accepting it. Everything is changing on a very high speed, and I'm accepting it, and I'm going to be com- comfortable with it. Because if you're comfortable with it, then you're not closed off towards, like, then you're not seeing everything that is not possible and, and all the obstacles, and, like, then, then you're, like, embracing it in a way. Say, oh, it's bringing us a lot of opportunities and... And it's going to be great for us because we are going to get so good and changing and so on. And then then you're not fighting it. Because I I, I listen out. I listen out for a couple of things inside organizations. I listen out how how they talk about the external environment. Everything is changing so fast that that rings a bell for me. And I also listen out for how they talk about the the customers. And I also listen out on, on, on the mindset. If, if people are talking a lot about what is not possible or we cannot do that and we cannot do that because of that and that and that, or if they're talking about the opportunities because that's also on the, the mindset. Yeah, and that you can also do with yourself, not necessarily looking, looking within an organization. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, because it's it's the mindset and the, also the mindset towards the change. Maybe to work on the mindset towards the change to sum it up. <laughs> Love it. I uh, want to wrap up with a question. If people want to get more of you or if they want to, for example, dig deeper into digital transformation but can't speak Icelandic because your most of your content is Icelandic, right? What would you recommend? How people can reach out to you or which resources would you guide people to? Yeah, I mean, but absolutely send me requests through LinkedIn. Any questions, any comment you have. Uh, my name is not Ragnar Fjella. I'm sorry about that. I had a, my computer actually just wasn't able to offload Zoom for some reason. And um, send me just uh, through message on, on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find my email there. I, I would love to hear from any of you if you have any questions. Because I love to... Uh, also get to know other leaders and, and to share knowledge and, and uh, experiences absolutely great yeah i will share the your page a linkedin page with everyone who registered in the email and uh, yeah, just reach out to cecilia or me and let's continue the conversation online yeah absolutely thank you so much cecilia for joining us and thank you everyone for participating and uh, hope that you got something that answers your questions about the digital transformation and the human challenges to it and you got some inspiration to embrace the change thanks everyone i love it thank you thank you all for listening thank you for joining us for this episode of genius leadership if you want to hear more insightful conversations about leadership hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode and to help more people become even better leaders rate and review our podcast and share it with your colleagues friends and communities do you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on topics or guests? I'm happy to connect with you. You will mostly find me on LinkedIn, but also on Facebook and Instagram. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 